Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. Okay, good morning, everyone. We are in Leviticus 14 and moving on with these sundry laws, as the Bible calls it, the various different laws. In the time of the development of the tabernacle, very interesting stuff, can be a bit monotonous, but we're going to press on and, and look into it and see what we can glean from it. So let's move over to the reading. So, Father God, is, uh, guide us and help us as we desire to see these things in your word. Thank you for the time that we can spend in your word. And, God, just for being able to have it, the blessing that we have, that so many people in the world don't realize the truths that are here and the things that we can benefit from your words which you gave us from heaven. So, thank you, in Jesus' name. The law of cleansing a leper. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, this shall be the law of the leper in the day of his cleansing. Now it shall be brought to the priest, and the priest shall go out to the outside of the camp. Thus the priest shall look. And if the infection of leprosy has been healed in the leper, then the priest shall give orders to take two live clean birds and cedarwood and scarlet string and hyssop, for the one who is to be cleansed. The priest shall also give orders to slay the one bird in the earthenware vessel over running water. As for the live bird, he shall take it together with the cedar wood and the scarlet string and the hyssop and shall dip them and the live bird in the blood of the bird that was slain over the running water. He shall then sprinkle seven times the one who is to be cleansed from the leprosy and shall pronounce him clean and shall let the live bird go free over the open field the one to be cleansed shall then wash his clothes and shave off all his hair and bathe in water and be clean now afterward he may enter the camp but he shall stay outside his tent for seven days but it will be on the seventh day that he shall shave off all his hair he shall shave his head and his beard and his eyebrows, even all his hair. He shall then wash his clothes and bathe his body in water and be clean. Now on the eighth day he is to take two male lambs without defect, and a yearling ewe lamb without defect, and three-tenths of an ephah of fine flour mixed with oil for a grain offering, and one log of oil. And the priest who pronounces him clean shall present the man to be cleansed, and the aforesaid before the Lord at the doorway of the tent of meeting. Then the priest shall take the one male lamb and bring it for a guilt offering with the log of oil and present them as a wave offering before the Lord. Next he shall slaughter the male lamb in the place where they slaughter the sin offering and the burn offering at the place of the sanctuary. For the guilt offering, like the sin offering, belongs to the priest. It is most holy. The priest shall then take some of the blood of the guilt offering 
and the priest shall put it on the lobe of the right ear of the one to be cleansed and on the thumb of his right hand and on the big toe of his right foot. The priest shall also take some of the log of oil and pour it on his left palm. The priest shall then dip his right finger into the oil that is in his left palm and with his finger sprinkle some of the oil seven times before the Lord. Of the remaining oil which is in his palm, the priest shall put some on the right earlobe and then of the one to be clean and on the thumb of the right hand of the big toe of his right foot on the blood of the blood guilt offering while the rest of the oil that is in the priest's palm he shall put on the head of the one to be cleansed so the priest shall make atonement on his behalf before the lord the priest shall next offer the sin offering and make atonement for the one to be cleansed from his uncleanness then afterward he shall slaughter the burnt offering the priest shall offer up the burnt offering and the grain offering on the altar thus the priest shall make atonement for him and he will be clean but if he is poor and his means are insufficient then he is to take one male lamb for a guilt offering as a wave offering to make atonement for him and one-tenth of an ephah of flour mixed with oil for a grain offering and a log of oil and two turtle doves or two young pigeons which are within his means the one shall be a sin offering and the other a burnt offering then the eighth day he shall bring them for his cleansing to the priest at the doorway of the tent of meeting before the lord the priest shall take the lamb of the guilt offering and the log of oil and the priest shall offer them for a wave offering before the lord verse 25 next he shall slaughter the lamb of the guilt offering and the priest is to take some of the blood of the guilt offering and put it on the lobe of the right ear of the one to be cleansed and on the thumb of his right hand and on the big toe of his right foot the priest shall also pour some of the oil onto his left palm and with his right hand finger the priest shall sprinkle some of the oil that is in his left palm seven times before the lord the priest shall then put some of the oil that is in his palm on the lobe of the right ear of the one to be cleansed and on the thumb of his right hand and on the big toe of his right foot on the place of the blood of the guilt offering moreover the rest of the oil that is in the priest's palm he shall put on the head of the one to be cleansed to make atonement on his behalf before the lord he shall then offer up one of the turtle doves or the young pigeons which are within his means he shall offer what he can afford the one for a sin offering and the other for a burn offering together with the grain offering so the priest shall make atonement for the Lord on behalf of the one to be cleansed. 32. This is the law for him in whom there is an infection of leprosy. Those means are limited for his cleansing. Cleansing a leper's house. Verse 33. The Lord further spoke to Moses and to Aaron, saying, When you enter the land of Canaan, which I give you for a possession, and I put a mark of leprosy on a house 
in the land of your possession. Then the one who owns the house shall come and tell the priest, saying, Something like a mark of leprosy has become visible to me in the house. The priest shall then command that they empty the house before the priest goes in to look at the mark, so that everything in the house need not become unclean. And afterward, the priest shall go in to look at the house. So he shall look at the mark. And if the mark on the walls of the house has greenish or reddish depressions and appears deeper than the surface, then the priest shall come out of the house to the doorway and quarantine the house for seven days. The priest shall return on the seventh day and make an inspection. If the mark has indeed spread in the walls of the house, then the priest shall order them to tear out the stones with the mark in them and throw them away at an unclean place outside the city. They shall have the house scraped all around inside and they shall dump the plaster that they scrape off at an unclean place outside the city. Then they shall take other stones and replace those stones and he shall take other plaster and replaster the house. If, however, the mark breaks out again in the house after he has torn out the stones and scraped the house and after it has been replastered, then the priest shall come in and make an inspection. If he sees that the mark has indeed spread in the house, it is a malignant mark in the house. It is unclean. He shall therefore tear down the house, its stones and its timbers, and all the plaster of the house, and he shall take them outside the city to an unclean place. Moreover, whoever goes into the house during the time that he has quarantined it becomes unclean until evening. Likewise, whoever lies down in the house shall wash his clothes, and whoever eats in the house shall wash his clothes. If, on the other hand, the priest comes in and makes an inspection, and the mark has not indeed spread in the house after the house has been replastered, then the priest shall pronounce the house clean because the mark has not reappeared. Verse 49, to cleanse the house, then he shall take two birds and cedar wood and a scarlet string and hyssop, and he shall slaughter the one bird in an earthenware vessel over running water. Then he shall take the cedar wood and the hyssop and the scarlet string with the live bird and dip them in the blood of the slain bird as well as in running water and sprinkle the house seven times. He shall thus cleanse the house with the blood of the bird and with the running water, along with the live bird and with the cedar wood and with the hyssop and with the scarlet string. However, he shall let the live bird go free outside the city into the open field. So he shall make atonement for the house and it will be clean. This is the law for any mark of leprosy, even for a scale and for a leprous garment or house and for a swelling or for a scab or for a bright spot to teach when they are unclean 
and when they are clean. This is the law of leprosy. Okay, I'm going to tell you, I know exactly what the hyssop and, and, the, and the scarlet is all about. I, I will tell you this. Uh, I will admit, memory fades quickly for me of the things I've often gone to great lengths to try and understand previously. And I know I dealt with this extensively in Leviticus 13. If you want to take the time to go back, jump on our webpage and listen to it. I don't remember all of the intricacies of it right now. What I do remember studying and what I found fascinating is the birds and the one going free and the one that's slain and you dip the, the one in the blood which is mixed with all this other stuff and let it go free. It's very, very similar, of course, to the scapegoat. The idea is there is the whole concept is leprosy is a type of, of, of unclean sin. It's, it's a type for us of living in the world which is contaminated and we are contaminated by sin leprosy is is that representation of of this kind of this slow death you know if you know about leprosy you know that it just dulls your senses right it, it's i think i'm correct in saying this it's not really the leprosy itself that kills you it's the lack of being sensitive to pain that causes of course the skin is dying right so i know eventually you would you would die from it but what normally happens is the person can damage themselves hurt themselves from a fire or a cut or anything else getting close to things stepping on things because they can't feel anything and then infection sets in and they have all kinds of issues from that which often takes their life so the leprosy is a type of sin sin in our world right now when we are so surrounded by it and we see it pumped every day we become desensitized to what is holy and so we touch the things that are hurtful sinful the things that are coming at us from and, and we don't even notice that what it's doing to us we're slowly dying little by little this is the kind of representation of the leprosy and so there is a need for atonement the atoning of the birds there you take something that or in this case a couple of birds that are innocent you take and you dip the one in the other and the other one goes free it's kind of like laying your hands on the head of the animal slaying it and you're transferring that uncleanness to the bird and you set it free now this is in the, in the case when one is healed so it's it's like a, um, an acknowledgement that the sin is now is not leaving it's now being taken away if memory serves it's like i say these things are detailed and they're interesting if you want to take the time and there are types here that we can gain a pretty good amount of appreciation for how god likes to communicate his truths to us in many different ways so we can appreciate the lengths that he he has gone to to provide for us a way by which we can be clean for him Yes, these were physical uncleanness that they deal with. And the other amazing thing was that there was no cure for leprosy. So why was God providing a means by which someone could be made clean and go back into the camp? If there was no way, there was no medicine, and you didn't get better from it just naturally. So there was this understanding that God built into this whole thing of leprosy that there would be supernatural cleansing in a way by which people could be then come back into the community again good representation of sin isn't it you cannot be cured of sin you cannot say i'm going to stop sinning 
it is our nature and say, well, you know, I'm going to take this or that, or I'm going to do this work or that work, and I'm going to try really hard, and I'm going to get rid of sin. Uh, no, it's slowly killing us, little by little, but we can be healed of it supernaturally. Isn't that amazing? So, And God made provision for that, and we do see in the Bible where the lepers were healed. There was some unique things that happened in the Old Testament, but then we have the New Testament where Jesus, you know, comes and touches and heals them. He's the authority over all healing. But God certainly healed Naaman and different people in the Old Testament to prove that there was a cleansing for those who were unclean. Fascinating stuff. Mark 8 now. 4,000 fed. In those days when there was again a large crowd, and they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples and said to them, I feel compassion for the people because they have remained with me now three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them away hungry to their homes, they will faint on the way. And some of them have come from a great distance. And his disciples answered him, where will anyone be able to find enough bread here in this desolate place to satisfy these people? And he was asking them, how many loaves do you have? And they said, seven. And he directed the people to sit down on the ground and taking the seven loaves, he gave thanks and broke them and started giving them to his disciples to serve them. And they served them to the people. They also had two small fish, and after he had blessed them, he ordered these to be served as well. They ate and were satisfied, and they picked up seven large baskets full of what was left over of the broken pieces. About 4,000 were there, and he sent them away. And immediately he entered the boat with his disciples, and they came to the district of Dalmanutha. Verse 11. The Pharisees came out and began to argue with him, seeking from him a sign from heaven to test him. Sighing deeply in his spirit, he said, Why does this generation seek for a sign? Truly, I say to you, no sign will be given to this generation. Leaving them, he again embarked and went away to the other side. And they had forgotten to take bread and did not have more than one loaf in the boat with them. And he was giving orders to them, saying, Watch out, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And they began to discuss with one another the fact that they had no bread. And Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why do you discuss the fact that you have no bread? Do you not yet see or understand? Do you have a hardened heart? Having eyes, do you not see? And having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember? When I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many baskets full of broken pieces you picked up? They said to him, 12. When I broke the seven for the 4,000, how many large baskets full of broken pieces did you pick up? And they said to him, seven. 
And he was saying to them, do you not yet understand? Well, we're stopping right there. Well, going back for one minute, if you'll allow me, I want to maybe tie this in, but I forgot to mention because we've read this twice already in Leviticus and I keep forgetting to comment on it. When the priest takes the blood and dips it on the lobe of the right ear and then the thumb of the right hand and the, and the toe of the right foot, the tie-in for us and all that is that now the person that is clean or the priest that is being made clean and being anointed, anyone who's becoming clean now, now that they are clean, are to acknowledge and remember that cleanliness depends on dedicating what they hear to the Lord. What they take into their mind is to be holy. What they are to touch and work with is to be holy. And their walk before the Lord is to be holy. They're representative of how one was to behave and, and live before the Lord. So the cleansing comes from God. Remember the washing of the priests comes from God. Moses washed Aaron. He did everything for them and robed them with the with all of these robes of righteousness. The leper becomes cleansed. But now the blood is applied in these very specific ways from a sacrifice of an innocent animal, mind you, that died for them. Say now walk this way. Listen. Only let those things into your mind focus listen and bring in those things that are holy before the lord i suppose if there was a way to put the blood on the right eye he probably would have done that i don't think that would work but the idea is kind of don't let what you see any as well what you read don't don't take in those things which are unholy all right now jumping back to the new testament um jesus with what he is doing here uh with the pharisees and he's wondering why they're seeking a sign. Well, it would make sense if you understand that everything Jesus did was in accordance with prophecy. Every move he made, almost every word he spoke was fulfilling prophecy. So every single day, the proof of who he was as Messiah was in the written word, in the our Old Testament, their Bible. The Pharisees should have known that. They should have known from Daniel 9, they should have known that he was coming as the suffering prince, the Messiah that would be cut off and then would die and rise again. They should have known that from the very beginning when he was reading the word and healing the sick and raising the dead, doing everything he did, that was, that was itself already proof. Those miracles were proof, but the prophecies over and over and over again were, were the strongest, believe it or not, indication he was Messiah. It wasn't the miracles. It was the completion of the prophecies. And he said, why are you seeking a sign? You don't need signs because you have the word of God, which it pre-told, I should say, it foretold of everything I would do. Well, he says, no sign is going to give you except the sign of Jonah which they would have been scratching their head at that point. But we know very well that Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the earth, we could say, way down in the great fish and or sea creature is the best way to put it. And so he said, he explained to them, I will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. I will have gone down to Sheol, the very common understanding of the in the Hebrew mind of death of the underworld. And I'm going to, to be there in a sense in the Sheol for three days and three nights. 
and then I'm going to rise again. That is the sign, and that is the only sign, he said, that you're going to be given to prove that I'm Messiah. But of course, it's amazing. After he says this, he's going out and he's feeding 4,000, and he is um, he is continually from this all the way to the cross. He is healing people. He is touching people. He's doing miracles. But he said, that's the sign. That's the sign that you're really given to understand his Messiahship. Charles Spurgeon, hear the word of the Lord. Ye that tremble at his word, your brethren that hated you, that cast you out of my namesake, said, let the Lord be glorified, but he shall appear to your joy and they shall be ashamed. Isaiah 66, 5. Possibly this text may not apply to one in a thousand of the readers of this little book of promises, but the Lord cheers that one in such words as these. Let us pray for all such as are cast out wrongfully from the society which they love. May the Lord appear to their joy. The text applies to truly gracious men who tremble at the word of the Lord. These were hated of their brethren and at length cast out because of their fidelity and their holiness. This must have been very bitter to them and all the more so because their casting out was done in the name of religion and professedly with the view of glorifying God. How much is done for the devil in the name of God. The use of the name of Jehovah to add venom to the bite of the old serpent is an instance of this subtlety. The appearing of the Lord for them is the hope of his persecuted people. He appears as the advocate and defender of his elect. And when he does so, it means a clear deliverance for the God-fearing and shame for their oppressors. O Lord, Fulfill this word to those whom men are deriding. Very, very, very true. Father, we thank you for another day to read forth your word, to bring it into perspective, into focus. Help us to then see the application. We desire to walk as holy unto you. Cleanse us, God this day help us be careful what we listen to and be careful god what we touch and god guide us in our walk and in that god help us to rejoice in the healing that you do provide and for any of us god that are wrongly accused any of us that have family that may be religious and may condemn us because we have a abiding close walk with you god i pray for those people so many in mexico here that have become saved and on fire and love the Lord are actually persecuted by their Catholic families, which is so sad because they, they bring a freshness to belief in Jesus and, it's, and it's, they bring love and they, they bring new hope and new life. And religion seems to hate that, but we, we do ask you help them to be a witness to their families as well as many of us. They may be dealing with the same thing no matter where we're from. Maybe our families are just the opposite, that they're in, in some other type of religion. God, we just pray, keep us safe, 
and help us, God, be a testimony and defend those that are making a stand strong for you. Uh, amongst our government as well, God, those who love you, they're standing up for the unborn, standing up for the, for the crazy things that are going on in our countries, that you would protect them and you would be their advocate. Thank you for the healing you have been doing, God. We thank you for how. We pray that he is feeling your healing touch upon his life. For the Castro lines, uh, God, continuing to heal financially, physically. God, continue to help their kids get over these, this stomach bug that's been going around and get um, back on their feet. And for the kids at the mission as well. And continue to pray for your healing, even for Ferre with her feet, that that go on in this uh, new brother that popped in yesterday Thomas what's going on with his feet and some different things going on in his life pray you heal him and anyone else God that is at this moment in Vallarta looking for treatment and, and to get better so thank you for um, oh and of course anyone anywhere Hank Florence anyone that's um, getting healing God continue to touch their, their life and uh, thank you for the fellowship we have of the brethren and uh, thank you for the men's conference has just happened and the, the, the way that you're just being glorified. And we do pray, God, you bring in the men, bring in the mature men that can come alongside us. God, thank you for my brothers that are from all over the place coming down to support us and be a blessing to us as they spend time here on their vacations where they can be doing other things, but we are so blessed to have them. So thank you, Father. We now move into March. We, God, are excited to see what you want to do with Easter coming up, the Vacation Bible School, a lot of things that need to be put together, God. So we put it all in your hands, and we thank you for it, and bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. That will do it for this morning. So we will pick this up again. As always, tomorrow, invite a friend and uh, check out the audio podcast. Make sure you subscribe to these things so we continue to grow and more people have access to it. So we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.